What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby. And these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet table. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Joining us now, our old pal, Johnny Matches, from out at uh, the Star. Have, have you come back from the Star yet? Are you still out there, buried underneath all that stuff? Or are you have you started a, a life outside of football yet? You know, in a way, I have left, but then I really haven't because um, I was living in the village, uh, kind of near SMU, and then now I've recently moved out to the shops at Legacy to be closer. Uh, did you get a Did you get a pay raise? Going. Did you get a huge pay I, raise? I didn't. I didn't know, but uh, I found a I found an affordable place, and uh, it's a much shorter drive, and uh, the rent's a little bit higher. But with what I'm saving in tolls, it all works out. Yeah, you're you're saving a lot in tolls there, but you know now now you're just going to feel more and more like you are a cowboy instead of a of a sports dayer. I, I hope I hope that's not what happens. I hope that's not what happens, but no. we'll, we'll see. Well, no, no. Uh, let me just say one thing to you. Welcome to Plano. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I forgot about that. You know, it's one thing for an, for an old married man like Barry to be a Plano resident, but you young hip guys, y'all need to be living in Dallas, man. That's where it's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, I've only been here a couple of days, but this Shabs of Legacy seems pretty hip. A lot of young people around here. <laughs> yeah, there are. I I hate to admit that there are. It's just because there's eight billion people living up there, and that some of them happen to be young. That's what it is. Oh my god! There's only like sixteen of us left living in Dallas now. Did you know that? There's, there's really not really. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I think it's a fact. We're going to come out with a story in the morning saying that. All right. Enough of the foolishness. Let's let's get right to it. You will be going to the combine next week. When do you leave to go? I leave on Monday. Leave on Monday. And and I'm trying refresh my memory. Have you been to the combine before? Yeah, I've I've gone the last two years. Two so. years. Okay. And uh, and what is it? Are you going uh, by yourself, representing our place, or will there be anybody going with you? I, I will be by myself. I'm wow. running solo this year. You know, it just yeah. it just dawned upon me that in the introduction, you really didn't give his name. John Machoda. John Machoda. I mean, uh, <laughs> so I had to say John Machoda like 50 times. Yeah, now. and then we should say the Combine's in Indianapolis. Yeah. All right, Mr. Formal, thank you very okay, much. Okay, you know what? Yeah, that's good. No, that's good. Starts next week. So, John, tell me what your duties are going to be at the Combine. Well, for most beat writers covering other NFL teams, it would be to go cover these uh, young kids coming out of college and seeing who could possibly be playing for their team. Uh, but for myself, I will be uh, basically stalking Stephen Jones. Um, he's there for meetings. He's on the competition com- committee. Uh, and obviously the biggest story, not only in the Cowboys world, but the NFL world in this offseason, is Tony Romo. So uh, for me, uh, I mean, I'm going to cover draft stuff, and I'm going to try and get 
uh, as much as I can with these prospects, but a lot of it is, you know, Steven's going to be available when we're out there. Uh, Jason Garrett will be available. And then um, really this is the best time of year for Jerry Jones because he uh, usually talks for probably about an hour or so with the beat writers <laughs> uh, that are out there. So there's a lot of stuff that you can get in this week uh, that's even bigger than just what you would think and just the prospects that are going to be available. So uh, let's let's take a little sidebar here on since you brought up the Tony Romo situation. Let's let's discuss that now. Give us the the timeline for Tony this spring and and into early summer. Well, the big the big date really is March 9th. Cause that's the start of free agency. So many feel that by then we'll we'll know. Uh, you know, most believe that he'll end up being released by the team. They'll mark him as opposed to one cut. He'll be free to sign with whoever, but it'll save them a considerable considerable amount of money against the cap. So that's that's the the most likely scenario. But there's always the small scenario that you know Jerry Jones thinks he can talk Tony into staying with the Cowboys. He's going to make every push at doing that. I don't think that there's any chance that that works. Um, but if that was the case, maybe they prolong this a little bit. At the very latest, I don't see how it would drag out until the first day of the draft in April because teams that would be interested in him want to know if they have a chance of getting him before they draft anybody. So um, most believe it will be done by uh, early March, but at the very latest it would be April before the draft, and then that's where you could potentially maybe work a trade for him if there are a lot of teams interested uh, at this time. I currently don't know how many teams are interested, and everything that comes out right now is just speculation about where he could end up. There's nothing uh, solid so far. Okay, would Tony make the most money if he stayed with the Cowboys? That's a you know that's a good question. I mean, it depends because he's not going to make what he's making right now. There's no way that they would keep him on oh, okay. for the same price that he's making right now. So they would ask him. He's going to take a pay cut regardless. Right. Um, and I would say no, he's going to make less. But all it takes is one team that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, everyone wants to talk about the Houston Texans and the Denver Broncos and, and, and some of these teams that it makes the most sense that he fits there. But who's to say a team doesn't come out of nowhere and make a run at him that you never even expected and throw more money at him than maybe even he thought that they would? So I don't think he's going to be making more money than he currently would be if he stayed with the Cowboys. But either way, he's going to have to take a pay cut even if he stayed with the Cowboys because they're not going to pay him what they are when they have Dak Prescott on the roster. And, and of course, we know this, this is a bad idea to try to keep him on the team. This team needs to do all it can to fix its, its cap. I mean, they've done a good job managing the cap the last couple of years, and this would allow them to do that. By designating him a June 1st cut, they can spread that hit over two years, correct? That's spread, correct. Yes. So that would, uh, it would be something like $19 million, and they could do, I guess, $10 million this year and 9 the next. Uh, and, that, and that saves them a, a lot of money because this team needs some help. Uh, and so do, do you – let me ask you this. Do you think it's possible that they will spend any of their cap money, uh, the cap space they, they get as they restructure some of these deals as they're doing with Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick um, and along with the, the cut of uh, Tony Romo? Do you think they will use some of that money to attract some free agents or just to keep the ones that they have potentially could lose? You know, if you just followed social media, you would think, oh, yeah, of course they're going to go after these a big-name free agent um, because that's, it just seems like everybody's always connected with the Cowboys. Uh, but I maintain what big-name guy has had any contact with the Cowboys, really, in free agency since Brandon Carr, and I don't even know if he was really that big of a name, or in a trade since Roy Williams in 2008. So just the way they operate now is just different than the Cowboys of the last decade. Um, so I don't think they're going to spend any of that money. I really don't. I, you, I think they're going to. You don't think they need to spend money on a pass rusher? 
I do think they do, but I don't think that that's what they're going to do. Yeah. This is the thing. You know, fans and and even us that cover the team, we look at it as, well, it's obvious you need a pass rusher. It's Not having a a good enough pass rush is the reason you lost in the playoffs the two of the last three years. Both those Packers' losses are because you weren't able to get enough pressure on Aaron Rodgers. That's clearly their most glaring need, but they don't want to spend for it. You know, they they didn't want to spend for Olivier Vernon. Uh, they don't believe in, in spending big in free agency because they don't think that they get you know the return on the dollar. So they're just going to keep drafting and and hope that a Demarcus Lawrence or Randy Gregory, if he ever comes back, or or a player that they draft this year, that Rod can coach him up and get get the energy and get the uh, um, uh, motivation and, and get him playing at his highest level, and that um, the effort is what's going to put them over the top. You know, I, Ke- Kevin wants to be seen. But that's what he said. Kevin wants to jump in here and and tout that he and just ask a question. No, that's no, you you want you want to jump in here and say that you wanted them to sign Olivier. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not I saying know that, you. I'm not saying it would have been a great idea, but I think it was a better idea than what okay. they had this year. Well, I, you know, Rod Marinelli is not a miracle worker. How is he going to get Randy Gregory or Demarcus Lawrence anywhere close to what Olivier Olivier Vernon can do? But but what, this is the thing. I feel like Rod gets this pass all the time, like. Oh, poor Rod, what does he have to work with? Like, he's not in the draft room. Like, he isn't telling these guys, like, oh, we don't need this guy right here. I can coach up this guy. We don't necessarily need to take this guy this high. I mean, that's that's clearly been a thing. Rod clearly didn't think that they needed Sharif Floyd a few years back because right, that didn't right. fit with what they do. So it's not like they're not trying to make these investments on, on defense. Not to say that Floyd would have worked out or not, but at least you're making a first-round investment on a guy on the defensive line, which they clearly haven't done for a while. But, so, but, but that draft you know, worked out pretty good for them. Who, tell us who they got in, instead. Oh, Sharif Floyd? Um, I, I believe that would be the year that they got Morris Claiborne. Am I, am I incorrect? I, or no, no, I, no. That would be Travis Frederick. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. That worked out pretty well. Travis Frederick? Travis Frederick is the only good pick that they really got out of that draft. That is correct. That's the class right now that is becoming free agents. Yeah, so you can okay. Terrence Williams is is on the bubble there. I know the Cowboys like him, and I think some other teams will jump in and, and maybe pay him a little more than the Cowboys will. But you look at the rest of that draft. You got Joseph Randall, you got J.J. Wilcox, B.W. Webb, Devontae Holloman, and Gavin uh, Escobar. Gavin Escobar. Well, uh, don't don't say anything good about Gavin Escobar, Barry. All right. <laughs> wait, wait till he goes to the wait till he goes to the Patriots okay. and leads the league. All right, in I, I want to ask. A, I want to make a salient point here, as opposed to what Barry's been doing. Uh, so here's the, and I, and I agree with you hundred percent about what the Cowboys are approaching this, this, uh, free agency period. But, um, I'm, I'm just wondering because of Jerry's, uh, uh, you know, nature and because I think you could get DeMarcus Ware on a one year deal that he could play one year. I think that might be attractive to the Cowboys. To me, there's almost no such thing as a bad one year deal. I mean, if you, you know, they're not going to pay him a lot of money anyway. He wasn't making. He was making what six million, I think, last year for the Broncos. So if you could get him for six million or less for one year, I think not only does he help you from the standpoint of what he can bring athletically, because I think he'd still have something left if, if his back is really healthy. Of course, you know, it's all subject to his physical, and then he had surgery on his back in December, but. Uh, not only that, but look, they've got all these young defensive ends, and now you're bringing in a Hall of Famer, and you're, and you're going to let this guy, who's a, a great character guy, he's the kind of guy that that uh, you know Jason Garrett is always talking about to have in, in the locker room to kind of mentor these guys a little bit. So does that? Do you think that might make it a little more? I'm I'm, I'm saying, don't you think that might be a little more amenable to the Cowboys bringing him back for one year? No doubt, and that makes sense to me as well. 
but it also made sense to me last year to why not make a run at Dwight Freeney. He wasn't costing you anything. Uh, ab- he, absolutely he right. The passer, yes. And he's a veteran guy, too, who clearly showed that he still has – he had a little bit left in the tank, but they didn't want just a guy that was just going to be a situational pass rusher. Yeah. Rod wants these eight guys that he can just rotate in. I mean, he wants these David Irvings, these guys that, like, he can continuously mold and build and that, that give great effort that he can just keep rotating those guys. But the problem is, though, you need an elite guy there. And I don't know if they have that. And, and, and the best chance of having that is Demarcus Lawrence, who's just coming off his second back surgery. So, um, you know, the, the best way, if you, if you think that they're going to get a premium pass rusher in this offseason, the most likely scenario would be that they would trade up in the draft to do it. Yeah. The, uh, let's talk a little bit about David Irving because he's interesting to me. Here's a guy who's, who's a, a, an athletic freak. You know, he's, he's huge, first of all, and very quick uh, and has – some speed, uh, and he had a couple of really big games for he the did. Cowboys this year, and then he just disappeared again. So, 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 what is the deal there? I mean, from what I can tell, it seems to me that there's sometimes when the light goes on with him, and sometimes when the light goes off again. So, what what is the story on David Irving? I would I would agree with you. I think that that is a big part there. That if you were able to get the consistency throughout, you'd have a really good starter on the team. But uh, there's a little bit of ups and downs, like you mentioned. A game he had in Green Bay. Um, if he played like that all season long, I mean, he's a borderline Pro Bowl. I mean, yes. he just he was a, he was a monster in that game. But yeah, you didn't see that throughout. Um, but you really don't see that through the through the entire defensive line. Well, it makes me wonder: is it because they're rotating these guys, or do they just not have the guys that can get the job done? Well, that that's the reason they got David Irving. They they, they took him off the free agency heap, right? Right from Kansas City. Well, you, you can you yeah, can well, find but, but, people. But, there, I mean, there's, there's, there, but there's a reason he he is who he is. Well, you could say that about Yogi Ferrell. What what do they you know? He Yogi Fer- does good. he play for the Cowboys? No. Stop. The point don't, is don't mix metaphors. People find no people find players when they're young like that. What you don't find is that an older guy. You can find a younger guy like that. Uh, it and he, and, he, and he turns into something. But I think you, I think the, what John is making is a good point here. Is because you got one disappointment after another in this defensive line. You had uh, you know just with Tyrone Crawford, they gave him the big contract. He's a he's an effort guy, character guy, and yet he's never delivered since he's been here. Uh, you, you see what uh, Cedric Thornton did last year. They gave him a, a nice contract, you know, to come over from Philadelphia. He didn't have a good year for the Cowboys either. Uh, what is it that these guys are not uh, well, delivering well, on their? Would you have to say Demarcus promise? Lawrence has been a disappointment? Well, also? sure. Okay. Well, they all are. Randy Gregory. Well, the reason Randy Gregory's a disappointment is a different reason. Well, but but he's he's a disappointment because they th- they thought they were smarter than everybody, and yes. we're we're going to pick him up and we're going to change his. But they got him at the bottom of the second round too. And, you know that I don't I don't fault him as much for that pick. You know that was that's a uh, that's. That's late for a guy of his talent or potential but if it, talent. But it's, the key word there is potential, and but but they thought it's just like the Jalen Smith pick. Yeah. You know, you, you you did the same thing there. You you took a big risk in the second round. They took a it was a higher risk for Jalen Smith than it was for Randy Gregory. That was a the third or fourth pick of the second round, as I recall, as opposed to uh, at the bottom of the round. So. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's move on from uh, from uh, the, the defensive discussion here, which I think all of us agree that there's no question the Cowboys need to to uh, pursue that angle. That uh, although, but I'm but I'm not saying that means that in the draft with the 28th pick of the first round, the Dallas Cowboys have to take a defensive player. What do you say, John? I think they have to. Uh, again, no. If you follow their track re- record over the last few years, and and since Will McClay's been in charge of everything. Uh, you can't guarantee that at all. I mean, uh, it's not like this need of defense is something new. They needed defense last year. 
Um, but they drafted Ezekiel Elliott, and I don't think anybody can argue with that pick. I mean, he's been phenomenal, um, and I think that they're going to have the best running back in the league for a while. So I can understand why they did that. But uh, at 28, it's a lot more cloudy. You don't really know what's going to be there. And one of the biggest problems is that their biggest hole is, is a place at, at defensive end that just every team needs pass rushers. It's such a premium position that all the good ones, are going to probably the premium type elite guys are going to all be gone by 15. Right. Like you're not going to have a guy slip to you at 28. At 28, what you're going to get is another like Demarcus Lawrence type. Like there's not even a guy in here that I would even put as a Randy Gregory, like off the field considerate, you know, problems where you could possibly see him falling. There's not really a guy I could even see them taking there uh, in that category. So really, you'd be getting another Demarcus Lawrence there, or you could get a starting caliber corner. Um, but I can't rule out that they wouldn't take another offensive player you know if there's a wide receiver if, if, if a wide receiver a tight end yeah I mean, if jason winton's only playing another year what are you going to do at tight end yeah you know? so yeah, the kid that, that kid from alabama fell oj howard if yeah. he fell to them at, 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 i mean i just don't i would be tough to pass on him if there wasn't a really good defensive end out there or a really good corner that you liked a lot but i mean there's they want corners the bigger corners the guys they're six foot six one and above and and there should be guys there available for them um, but are they going to make an investment at corner that high? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I just really think that the, the top four or five pass rushers in this draft are going to be definitely off the board by 25, let alone making it to them. Yeah, to me, the whole point uh, and, and the reason why I, I still believe you take the best player no matter where he plays uh, pretty much uh, is because um, there's a lot of guys. There, this is a draft considered very deep in defensive ends, uh, deep in cornerbacks, deep in tight ends. And that's what the Cowboys – okay, and, and, wide, Cowboy, and wide receivers. That's what the Cowboys need, need, need. Right. But the point is is that because it is deep, because there's probably not a lot of difference between a lot of these as, – as John said, the Miles Garretts of the world, uh, you know, he, he's the first pick of the draft. They're he's, gone. He's, he's long gone. The guy that's going to get – the guy with the potential of getting double-digit sacks, there won't be one available at 28. Well, here, hold on. Let me ask you, let me ask you guys this, yeah. man. With Miles Garrett. Would you do you think that the Cowboys would be smart by making a deal like Atlanta did to trade up for Julio Jones, giving up you know five draft picks that would probably take even more than that, all premium picks for second rounders to trade up to get Miles Garrett? Would you think that that's something that they that they that they should do? Because I, I don't, because I don't think they're one player away. But some people would probably say, yeah, do it. I I think the one thing you'd say about that is. Um... First of all, uh, boy, those are dangerous picks. How, how many times has that worked out? Uh, I, I think, I think, I still think that was a little bit crazy for the Falcons to do that with, with Julio Jones, as, as great as he is, and I think he's tremendous. And, and let's go back it, it to the paid Super- off, it paid off for them. Well, it, in that Super Bowl, the great catch was not Edelman's catch, where he kind of there were all those guys are bobbling the ball around, and he reached down and picked it up. You know, that was a nice. Anybody catch. Anybody could do that. I could do yeah, that. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's making that catch that Julio Jones did on the sideline when when they should have gone down there and kicked the field goal, and then they and they then they blew the game at the end of the game where he jumps up and 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 is going out of bounds and makes that catch, and his hands are are over the out of bounds line and gets his feet down. That's an unbelievable catch, and that's what he brings. But anyway, I I think it's very dangerous. To, you know, we all remember the uh, the the Ricky Williams draft. Uh, when New Orleans, when New Orleans, Orleans traded their entire Mike, draft, that was the great Mike Ditka who did that. I yes, believe. that was. And remember the the uh, the picture <laughs> on the cover of Sports Illustrated of uh, of Ricky in a wedding dress. It, uh, it, it it didn't work out really well in the Cowboys trade for um, Williams Roy Williams either the receiver. They gave up like two picks for uh, him. Right? Well, you can go you can go back in, in Jerry's history. Any time that they've tr- traded I, I draft think, choices, you remember Joey Gall- the Joey Galloway trade? Joey Galloway. That was a terrible deal. So I, I'd be very hesitant to do that. On the other side, just to play devil's 
advocate here. Uh, listen, Miles Garrett is a super young guy. I, I, I'm, I'm loath to vouch for guys' characters too much because we never know what we're going to find <laughs> out. But this certainly seems to be a great kid. Uh, just a great kid and a really hard worker. Um, he did not have a great year last year. He had that high ankle sprain, and that really, I think, set him back a lot. No Aggie had a really great year last year. No, they year. did not. But I'll say this, I, and then Von Miller certainly believes this, I think he's Von Miller caliber. I, I think I think he's another one. Okay, so if you knew he was Von Miller too, yeah, right. Von Miller light or Von, right. Von, Von Miller 2.0, what would you What would you be willing to give up for him? Uh, I, 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 Guaranteed, Von Miller. I, I, here's my difference between me, me, and me and John is that first of all, about thirty five years. Yeah, that, that that from number one. Yeah, a lot more hair too. Uh, is that there's about if, if, how, how many times do we think the Cowboys are going to be drafted in, in the top four or five over the next three or four years? Hopefully, for their sake, never. Not, never yeah, right? right. So they're going to be picking at the bottom of the first round. Are they going to be able to get a premium pass rusher in the bottom of the first round? No. So, are, so. so would you, would you, if possible, what would you load up to get him? I would give. Uh, I would gut. I would not gut this draft, but I would give several picks. In it, but I would not go into next year. Could, could you be a little more specific? What if, what if it was three first rounders? It might take. It would might take three first round draft picks because the team that's willing to do this with you knows that you're not going to be drafting high either. So they might ask you for three for this year's first round, next year, and the years after. Yeah, and, this, and, is and, this is Cleveland. This is Cleveland and a start. Would, Here's what I would try to wait, do. Wait, would I, the I Cowboys to, have to throw any players? in? Well, that's what I would try to do. I would try to get them to take players. Take Tony Romo. Not, he, there's no way Romo would go for that. No, he, he, he would. Not, he he Romo's got to agree with whatever team he gets traded yeah, to that's, because that's he's going to restructure his contract. So there's no way that he's no. going to go. As much as Miles Garrett suggested that, and it sounded good on paper, that just there's no way he's going to finish his career in Cleveland. No, there's not. All right. So who's the best Cowboy defensive lineman? Would you would you grade right now, John? Okay, out of actual Boy. production, that that is really tough because it is I, tough. I, I, in terms of skill and talent, I would say it's, it's Demarcus Lawrence. Um, okay, so he's going. He has to go in that trade, right? If if you're Cleveland. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I would think I would think, but even that would be tough. To even I don't even know if a team would be interested because of all the back issues he's had. Right. right yeah. They want to invest anything there, so you'd yeah. ha- I mean, for, you'd have to uh, send him some young guys like David Irving or yeah. Malik Collins or guys like that. You know, Charles Caver, but Charles Caver's coming up in uh, you know an injury too. So, right. and that's the thing with the NFL, like they're just really. Rarely are there those deals like, like the Sacramento Kings just pulled off, where you just you're trading players for players. It's usually just you trade a player and it's all draft pick related. I mean that's exactly yeah. what went down with the Julio Jones deal. So I'm telling you, if if they wanted to get up to get Miles Garrett in the top, you know, let's say they didn't even get to one, they had to get to two or three or something like that. Um, I think that you're talking at least two first round picks yeah. and probably two seconds, and and a team might even be looking for three first-round picks just because, like you guys said, that it will be drafting like late in the first round, or at least you're expected to. So, John, would you do that, yes or no? No, he said no. I would not. And I you, would, not, would no you? I, I, I'd have to, three, three first-rounders is just, that's just devastating. Uh, I, 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 would consi- I would consider two. But, because here's the, here's the thing. It, it depends on the player you end up with. Thank you. It, Thank it, you. It, well, it's like Thanks the, for the insight. Well, no, when the Cowboys and the Vikings made the deal. And uh, for Herschel Walker, yeah, and and uh, you know you you saw all these picks coming going back and forth, you know. But in the end, you you think, oh my gosh, we got all these picks. But you know, and they did make some good. But there were some bad picks in there as well. Oh, but he had, but he, that's Jimmy Johnson, and he had, he knew that if if I have 
10 picks. If I hit on three of them, I'm golden. Right. And that's what he did. Because here's the point you can – here's the deal, as I mentioned earlier. It's one thing if you are giving up top 10 picks. These are two – let's say two first-round top 10 picks. Well, my gosh, that's a lot to give up for one guy. But if you're giving up 28, 29, 30 uh, picks – to get a guy who might be the next great defensive end in the NFL. Well, why would Cleveland do that? Uh, because they're Cleveland. Well, like Sacramento is Sacramento in that awful Yeah, way. there's a reason why Cleveland's so bad. Well, and, and Cleveland could be interested in doing something like that because uh, their shift in, in management, they're, they're going more to that money ball style yeah. of where they might just try and acquire picks as many as they can. I would not surprise me at all if they traded out of that spot to get as many picks as possible because yeah. um, they certainly don't feel like they're one player away. And there's... Certainly oh, not no. that oh, no. Andrew Luck. There's not that Andrew Luck type quarterback at the top where you're like, well, this is a no brainer. We have to take this guy one, you know, yeah, no. Manning type. So, no. I mean, I could see them be interested, but it's just the Cowboys are so far back that I think just, I think that's the Cowboys' problem. They're they're just too far back. Twenty eight's too far back to trade. Uh, I think I think it is. That that's the thing. I mean, and when you make these kind of deals, if you're going up for the top pick, you're usually going from ten. That's or, that's or, that's like know. a second round pick almost when you're trading. It 28. is, and that's that's another reason why to me it's not as valuable, uh, and especially in a draft like this, it's just not as valuable. It's not. As we know, John, they, they, they grade out how many first-rounders really are there in the first round. You know, are there 20? Are there 22? Are there, you know, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, but there's, uh, there's definitely been drafts that the Cowboys in the last three years have only graded out 16, 17 first-rounders. Yeah. Of what would be actual first-rounders they consider a first-round player on their board. So. Yeah. So, so that makes a difference uh, on, on what you're doing with that. All right, so uh, so John, let's let's before uh, we let you go, let's let's talk about the uh, the first round uh, pick. If the Cowboys keep it, then who do you think it's going to be? Right now, I'm leaning towards Carl Lawson, the DN from Auburn, just because. I mean, obviously, Miles Garrett's the top DN, and he's going to go, you know, yeah. one, two, or three somewhere in there. Um, and then I, I, everything I've read about this Taco Charlton and from Michigan and what I've seen. I mean, he's a really nice player, but I think he goes in the top 15. And then the next guy would be Derek Barnett from Tennessee. Yeah, right. And I still think he goes top probably 20. So I think Lawson just kind of fits in there as kind of being the next guy that makes sense. But if not him, then because Lawson could be gone too. So right. then I'd go, uh, I'd go corner then and, and get somebody like if Marlon Humphrey was there from Alabama or Sidney Jones from Washington, because if I'm drafting a corner in the first round, I need a guy that's going to be six, six foot, six one and above. I need a big corner, um, especially if I don't know if I'm getting Brandon Carr back. I need someone like that. So I'm going defense. Um, but like I said, if that O.J. Howard from Alabama fell, that would be really intriguing for him. The, uh, uh, let me ask you this, because we didn't ask you earlier about because of the cornerback situation, and I think any of those picks sounds uh, certainly logical. Um, what about – Brandon Carr and Mo Claiborne. Who, of those two, both of those guys are free agents, uh, along with uh, with Barry Church. So uh, who, you know they can't keep both those corners. Uh, which one do they keep? In a, in a way, the way I, I look at it is, I almost compare it to Tony Romo, to comparing Tony Romo to Philip Rivers and Eli Manning. I think when he's when he's playing and and he's healthy, I think I would no doubt take Tony Romo over those other two guys. But you have to factor in that Philip Rivers and Eli Manning are out there all the time. They don't miss games at all. So the availability, to me, makes them more valuable, and that's the same thing with Brandon Carr. Like, yeah, he probably won't make as many plays on the ball as Mo Claiborne will when he's healthy, but I just think Brandon Carr, you know he's going to be there. He, he starts every game. He started every game of his, of his NFL career, so I would lean to Carr if, if I had to pick between the two. You know, that's what they always say, John. The best ability is availability. 
Try to try Absolutely. to remember that. Work that into one of your. Is your that, is that that's yeah. one of your cliches that you like to drag one up and put one of your. Yeah, yeah, maybe so, maybe so. No, I agree a hundred percent. If I'm going to keep one of those two guys, I, I'm keeping Brandon Carter. Just, just to me, there's just no question about that. And I think they do have to keep him. I think they have to sign him. And they have to sign Barry Church. Uh, we have brought this up a couple of times this this uh, year already. Uh, let me ask you about Byron Jones um, and the possibility that he might go from safety to corner. Do you think that that's a possibility? I definitely think it's a possibility. It, it, it's one of the things I definitely want to ask Stephen Jones about is that what's their, how they're factoring that in. Um, and I don't know if for sure they know which way they're going to go. I think it depends a lot on free agency. But they feel comfortable with him if they have to move him back to corner. And he does have the good ideal size. The only thing is that I just he hasn't shown that he has that playmaking ability that, you know, if for a guy that was taken in the first round to be your corner, like, like some of those corners I mentioned them taking – uh, if they were there, you, that's got to be a guy that gets you four or five interceptions a year, and they just haven't had that. I mean, they don't even have guys that get three interceptions in a year. So <laughs> they don't have, I don't know they, if they they don't have their whole cornerback. Well, no, it, 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 here's the thing. He's not making those plays at safety either. No. And that, he's not sure. playing center field like you would hope he would have. I, mean, I think he's a smart kid, and he's obviously a tremendous athlete, and, I, and I'm certainly not ruling out anything about him. But to me – to get the value out of him that you really want, I, and because he has not been making plays, I'd rather see him. I'd rather see him go back to cornerback because he get, then he gives you a guy with some real skills at that position, and and uh, and maybe he does progress into something along that. Because you know his first year, he's playing both positions, he's all over the place. That's a lot to ask of a rookie, and that was tremendous what he was able to do. And maybe that's his real value is his ability to kind of be a Swiss Army knife back there well, and, and I, do a little I, bit of everything. I, I hate to bring this up. But they took him in front of Landon Collins, correct? No, they did, and I had you know I had yes. this discussion with Gil Brandt a couple months ago about that pick, and he said he told me he said the difference between what happened Landon Collins rookie year he was really kind of a bust, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and then whereas Byron Jones had a good rookie season because of all the things he was asked to do and then he delivered on. Uh, what happened was is that then in the off season Landon Collins really rebuilt his body, uh, really really worked out really hard, and then came back and now he's this. Prototypical safety, a big thumper back there. Big thumper, big thumper. And and he and I, but I asked him. I said, but so knowing this, what you see here, did the Cowboys make a mistake, and should they have taken Landon Collins instead of Byron Jones? And he says, no, long term, I don't think so. He said, long term, I think that Byron Jones is a better athlete, and he'll be, and he's a smart kid, and he'll be the better player long term. He's so, got he's got a way to go to catch up right now. He does, uh, but you know, that's the other reason why I think that maybe. Byron is not that big hitter like Landon Collins is, and, and I think maybe that's another reason why he should move back to corner. They're harder to find. It's easier to find safeties, and they, and they need to find a safety uh, you know, in this draft to help replace. Well, let me ask you one last thing. I know we said it was the last one. While we're, while we're in the secondary, do you think there is anything? This is, this is like watching you eat a roll. You go, this is my last roll, and then, and then you go, I don't, have another That's how roll. you eat. That's how like, you eat, not just, me. I just, don't eat rolls. Just don't. Just is is Jeff Heath? Does he have any potential at all to have a bigger role with this team than what he has had the last couple of years? You know, I, re- I really don't think so. I think what he's been is a solid special teams player and, and a backup safety uh, is, is kind of just going to be his role. And even going into what you said about Byron Jones and moving him around, that another thing that's going to factor into this, I feel like, is the health of Jalen Smith because if Jalen Smith is the player that he was at Notre Dame and he gets back to that level. Um, then you're going to be in less dime because you, you're you not taking Sean Lee off the field. And if Jalen yeah. Smith, that player, you're not taking him off the field, so you're going to be a nickel a lot more, so that's one less DB. So that's going to factor into this whole thing, too, how healthy he is. But I just, you know, Jeff, he's had some, had some huge gains for them. I just don't know if 
you know, it's kind of like one of those things where his production at maybe, you know, 20, 30 to pl- plays per game is where they like him at as opposed to if they start playing him, you know, 50 plays, 60 plays a game, you know, the whole game, his production could, could go down. So I think what you got from him this year is pretty much what you're going to see uh, going forward, just a, a solid guy that works in, in a certain situations, and, and he's good depth if, if you have an injury to, you know, a Barry Church, if they bring him back, or Byron Jones, or if they add another safety through the draft or, or free agency. Well, if, if Jalen Smith is healthy, that kind of makes uh, a lot of what we've talked about kind of moot. I mean, he, he's a pass. He's a pass rusher. He's a he's, he's an every yeah, down. Yeah, it's tough with Marinelli's system. I mean, Marinelli yeah, is I don't a bad see man about he like he, you know, they the got middle. they got three sacks. They got they sacked Aaron Rodgers three times, and none of them were by any defensive lineman. Yeah, and, and so that's how their that's how their pressure actually came from. And, and Rod doesn't like that. Rod wants his pressure to come from his front four. He doesn't like having to even blitz guys because. I think Sean Lee would be solid if, if he blitzed a little bit more. And Jalen Smith, for sure. I mean, he's, he's an athletic freak if he, if he returns back to the player he was at Notre Dame. Yeah. But I'm telling you, that's just, that, that totally goes against Rod Marinelli's system. You know, I think I, the, the, the trend we're seeing in this is that, that uh, John is not high on Rod Marinelli's system. I'm, I'm high on Rod Marinelli. I think Rod Marinelli is a really good defensive coach. I just, I just think that I think there's too many people that just, look at him as, oh, poor Rod, oh, look at what he's got to deal with, when this is kind of what he wants, though. He wants a high-effort guy that, you know, um, that, that these are the guys that they've brought in for him. He likes rotating eight guys in, you know, so. And, and because they've had chances to go out, like I said, Dwight Freeney, not even make a play at a guy like that, it, you know, it just kind of makes me think, well, this is what Rod wants. I can't, well, I, you, you, know what, you know why John feels this way about uh, Marinelli? John, where are you from? Detroit. And where did Rod Marinelli? Where was where was he a head coach, and how many games did he win uh, before he got fired that last season? Well, there was there was one season that uh, one season. Um, he was their coach for sixteen games, and uh, they didn't win any of them. Well, he, he he lost all but one of them. Just you know, so it was close. But I think I think I think. But you know, it, it kind of frightens me that you know we we were talking about a, the system of a coach. If you have players win games, yes, coaches don't win games. Coaches help you win games. Players win games, yeah. and if they had the right players, I think that whole system has to change. Uh, I also think, hey, you know, I'll give them a break here, and I will say this. I will say that they, in the draft, they really haven't been in a position recently to take the, the best pass rusher in that draft. Because even the people that wanted, even though they weren't going to take Joey Bosa, they were still taking Zeke, he was even on the board because Joey Bosa went one pick before them. Right. So they really haven't had the opportunity to get their next DeMarcus Ware or Von Miller, you know, or Khalil Mack. So there is that. Um, but well, I, I, I just, let uh, me back up on that one because I, you kind of glossed over that. You said, uh, so you're for, you're for sure that they, if Bosa had been available, they were not going to take him. No, no, they wouldn't have taken him. It was, it was Zeke. It was Zeke all day. And what, if, what, I, wait, what, I was, what if San Diego had taken Zeke? Zeke wasn't on the board. Cowboys go Jalen Ramsey. Really, see, I'll I have to say this. I, I I agree with that philosophy going in. I wouldn't have taken him either. I didn't think he was that kind of talent. I thought that those two guys were both better than him. Joey Bosa, yeah, and then boy, you know, when he was healthy, Joey Bosa was really good. I mean, I'm, what did he end up with? Ten and a half sacks, and he only played like. I'm glad you weren't in the eight dra- games. I'm glad you're not in the draft room. Yeah, he was. He was tremendous. He was. He was tremendous for the Chargers this season. Uh, so. Um, he, I wonder if looking back on it, you know, because of course the Cowboys had no idea that Dak Prescott was going to be as great as he was. No idea. Uh, and, and I wonder after this was over, if they could do it again, knowing what was going to happen, 
if they would still take Zeke over Bosa if he was if Bosa were available? Do you think that's what they would do? Yeah, no? I think I, I really do. I think Ezekiel Elliott has met all expectations. Well, well no, there's no well, question about they that. Run a different, they run a different uh, defensive scheme. Yes, they do. They're, they're a 3-4 type team. So, yes, they are. Um, if, if Zeke would have been kind of shaky this first year, it might be a little bit different. But, uh, no, I don't think that they would. I think that they really feel like this is a cornerstone piece that they're going to have for a long time. And with what they have on the offensive line, I just think that they like the way that that all fits together. But I yeah. can certainly make an argument that Joey Bosa would bring more value, especially because they have so many holes Wait a in minute. Sense. But yeah, I absolutely. still think they would take him to Wait a minute. If the Cowboys knew what then, what they know now, wouldn't you have to take Dak Prescott with the fourth pick in the draft? No, because you got him in the fourth round. If they knew, <laughs> if they knew, oh, you, you make, you crack. If they knew yeah. then what they know now, you have to take him with the fourth pick in the draft, don't you? No, because yeah, nobody. Sure. But, if, if everybody knew, if everybody knew, everybody knew that. he would have been the first pick. He would have been the first pick. Been, no, yeah, nobody would have taken the other quarterback. Goff, Wentz, no, 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 no. But I, the first, although there are people still taking the Wentz. Let me let me just say this. I mean, I don't know about that. I, I can't completely say that what? he would definitely go before Carson Wentz. I think you're right about Wentz. There are people who still say that long term Wentz will be the better quarterback than it's that. Just, it's just such a small sample size. I hate doing yes. it. Like I just recently did a thing like top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm sorry, I can't put Dak Prescott in there. He had a top 10 season. He had a top 5 season. But it's only one year. I can't just off of one year just automate. I mean, if I did that, then I would have had Robert Griffin as one of the top oh, absolutely. Or, or, so, you know, or Colin Kaepernick. You can say yes, absolutely. Sure. You, you, yeah. These guys have got That's when somebody asked me on a chat recently who has the most – to prove on this team, I, I think it was Jalen Smith. They said, doesn't Jalen Smith have the most to prove? I said, no, Jalen Smith, he's all gravy. I mean, whatever he all does right. is going to be good. But but a guy like but Dak Prescott does have – I think Dak Prescott and Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence, those three guys have so the most if to you're prove. So if you're picking it four yeah. and you know that now well, – you, if you knew, know then, you what you the know now – You the hardest time saying I that. do. Who would you take, Elliott or Prescott? If, if I, would I, take, I would take Prescott. Oh, I would because, take Prescott uh, too. Sure, he's a right. quarterback. You got to have him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not only not only is the quarterback position more important, it's just the fact of how long is he going to play for at that level? Uh, they're, they're, know, they're, they're banking on five play. years. Yeah. yeah, they're banking yeah, on five years. Yeah, you're banking on five years. Dak could be playing. Dak could be playing until his late thirties. If Zeke's still playing at high level in his late twenties, that's considered amazing. So I'd have to go with Dak. Well, right. and not only that, but knowing what you know now, Barry, uh, is that that Dak, Dak Prescott yeah. played right away, and that is the amazing thing. That is the to me the real value of Dak Prescott was that I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know how much better he's going to get. But he what got, if he doesn't get any better? He may, so, he may, he may not. And if you and that and, and that's probably okay. It's okay. He yeah. got closer to his ceiling faster. That any, I, I'm guessing his ceiling. That any quarterback I've ever seen, for, for a guy to walk in his first his first year and just play it at a pretty high level right away, and pretty that's the, and then this is Very the thing. High. This is the thing about him for me going into next year is that I'm assuming that they will they will put more in the offense for him. So when we all talk about the sophomore slump of these guys, I think it's going to be uh, mitigated a little bit by the fact that the uh, that the, he will be doing more things in an offense. Don't you think, John? Yeah, I do, and I don't think there's any way he can go back to back seasons with only four interceptions. No, I mean, he no, can no. Take a little bit more chances, and well, that's because uh, you're looking for that higher return. There. Yeah, it's, it's it's more you know high risk, high reward. So, are you are you saying around next, oh, in the middle of October next year, John, October twenty second, I think is a Sunday. Your your front page story, the Dallas Morning News, will be: Should the Cowboys have kept Tony Romo? <laughs> no, no, no. Will, I don't. I mean, I don't. You will. Be, I predict. 
you or David Moore or Brandon George will have to write that story uh, early in the season. But hey, I, 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 I'm, I'm not, I'll admit, I'm, I'm, I was a late guy on the, on the bandwagon too because of, because of you know the Vince Youngs, the Colin Kaepernick's, the Robert Griffins, and I even believe going into the playoffs uh, that they had a better chance of winning the Super Bowl with Tony Romo as their starting quarterback. No. But after seeing Dak Prescott, the way he played, the way he led them in that comeback against the Packers, I don't think that there's even – shut the door on any arguments that even can be made. Yeah, Dak Prescott didn't lose that game for no, them. No, he did not. Dak Prescott put them oh, on his no. back. Oh, no. You bet. He did. John, we have to let you go, and I want to thank you for not asking where Evan Grant was today because uh, – I know where he is. He's in surprise. He's in surprise. He's, he's in surprise, and he might be too busy to even talk to us today. Well, here, here was the thing with with, with uh, Evan. Would he would he have given us one salient point no. this entire podcast? No, he would not have. You know what he would be so, doing no, if he was here? Not fair. Look, if Evan were here, uh, this is what he does. If you've been in here, he sits on his laptop. Yeah, we didn't sit on his laptop. He, he sits in his chair. He's on his laptop, yeah. typing in minutia. Or looking for, looking for a fact. I, I, no, time. I think actually he's spending the whole time on his Twitter feed, which is what he does at the ball games. The reason I go to the Rangers game is so I can tell Evan what's going on during the game because he's spending the whole <laughs> he, game on his Twitter. He would feed. have brought a lot during the Julio Jones portion. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, he would. You're right. You're right. Yes, he, 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 he can tell you all of those guys about the Falcons. John, it's great having you on, man. Thanks for for stopping in with us. There'll be a, a nice check in the mail for you for this, and uh, and. <laughs> And we think the world of you. If we don't talk to you again, have a great time at in, the Combine chasing Steven around. In Indianapolis. Yes, in Indianapolis. Bye, John. I will. Thanks for having me on. See you, he's, pre- he's pretty. He's pretty uh, knowledgeable guy. He is a knowledgeable guy. I like John Machota. He's a great guy. Don't you like everybody? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you do. Because otherwise, my next question to you is, about who don't you like? Uh, there are people I don't like, but I don't, I don't want to go into that on the air. Name one. I can't. Come on. I can't. I can't. All right. So this was a terrific podcast. I I know we're going to have Eddie Sefko talking about the Mavericks. Yes. That's a definite. Yes. The Boogie Cousins trade that wasn't made, that was made, Mavericks weren't part of. Right. Uh, The uh, trade deadline is next Thursday. It's Thursday. At 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. So that's today's the 21st. It's the 24th. The trade deadline is 24th of February. And maybe Evan will take. Evan Grant may or may not be able to take time off from his busy twittering schedule, tweeting schedule. Twittering. Twittering schedule. <laughs> That's something completely different, is twittering. Oh, uh, you, you've seen Evan Twitter, haven't yeah, you? I have, yeah, I have. All right. All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.